But it's now time for the rural news with Monique Steele. Kia ora, Monique. A Tolaga Bay farming couple are still picking up the pieces after Cyclone Gabriel. Yes, Mike and Bridget Parker say a year on from the cyclone and they're still clearing their land with little help from authorities. The Piers Tolaga Bay farm was left strewn with silt and logs last February, just weeks after they were badly hit by cyclone hail. Their maize crop was covered in silt, their kiwifruit orchard was full of it, and damage to their fences was so bad that they had to remove all stock from their farm. Mr Parker says they've had to prioritise what work needs to be done first. And my focus was, I said to our team, we've just got to get the care for it cleaned out because we've, you know, we've spent just over $3 million on that. That's been a huge investment and we're very grateful to pick a crop and it actually went quite well considering and, and tidying up that and then getting all the maize ground ready for the coming season because you know, life goes on so we chose, like we've still got just swarfs and piles and piles of silk and logs and the river that haven't been taken away but we chose to focus on the now and you know because we just didn't look like we're going to get any help and I think we sort of read that one right and we haven't. We're still sitting on their hands and deciding what to do. Mr Parker believes the government should be doing more to help. He says after Cyclone Bowler's support was fast which helped farms get up and running again. Bridget Parker says they're making progress but every day is a constant reminder of the devastation brought by Cyclone Gabrielle. She says horses fall in holes and motorbikes struggle to get over the boggy hills. As a silly little example today in the orchard I tripped over this piece of wood that was just sticking out of the soil and I tripped over it, didn't see it, it was in the long grass and when I put my hand down and pulled that piece of wood out it was a piece of pine tree. It was just coming out at a 45 degree angle and it was just like so stuck in the silt and it was just, it's not a day that goes by that you don't feel, I've got to say, really hacked off at what what those trees and, and the silt around them are doing to the flats. The Parkers say the cyclone has caused huge financial stress and everything is a fight. They're still waiting for some insurance payouts and say they have to really push the nearby forestry company to come and clean up their logs that were washed onto the farm. Beef and Lamb New Zealand says it will hold more face-to-face meetings with farmers to better portray their views when it comes to advocating in government. The group commissioned a review of its policy advocacy after levy payers questioned its approach at last year's annual meeting. Sally Murphy reports. The review found the process in place for the essential freshwater negotiations made full use of beef and lamb's resources and that the group connected meaningfully with farmers. But in contrast, it found the Hewaka Ekanoa journey was fraught with conflicting goals. There was a lack of transparency with members and that there was not enough time to genuinely engage with farmers to hear their concerns. The review made six recommendations including to develop and promote a clear vision of how policy advocacy fits within Beef and Lamb's strategic purpose and to listen to members more. Beef and Lamb Chair Kate Acklin says they accept the recommendations and will focus on ensuring farmers' voices are reflected in any policy position the group takes.
That's Sally Murphy. New Zealand beef exporters are getting good returns in the United States as the American herd fails to satisfy demand. AgriHQ senior analyst Mel Crow says beef exports are already ahead of expectations at this early stage of what's looking like a promising year for the industry. She says the total US beef kill for the year to February was 7% or 215,000 head behind last year. So the US is looking to import more beef. The food sector there is under pressure to secure stocks and we're seeing imported supplies dropping through January and into early February. So we've seen some aggressive pricing on those imported cuts in recent weeks. The imported 90CL cow and the 95CL bull cut are US 12 to 15 cents per pound higher than a year ago, but we've seen some rapid upside just in the last few weeks where, where those prices have jumped by 20 cents a pound. Unfortunately for some that locked in contracts on pricing at the end of last year, they may just have to wait a little bit longer to benefit from the improved pricing. But we have seen some of it track through into slaughter prices, particularly for bull in the last week or two. That's Mel Crowd of AgriHQ. And lastly, an organics industry body is urging farmers and growers exporting to Europe to get clued up about what pesticides are banned there. The European Commission intends to scrap a plan to halve pesticide use, prompted largely by farmer protests in countries like Spain and France in, in, we- in recent weeks. That's in response to ambitious climate policies and foreign imports of food. Tiffany Tompkins, the chief executive of Organics Aotearoa New Zealand, says the move is disappointing. But she says the EU regulation that will affect New Zealand primary producers more acutely is the halting of imports that contain banned pesticide residue. Of the list of pesticides, there's about 195 banned pesticides in the EU. New Zealand has a list of of about 27 of those banned pesticides. So there's a big discrepancy in the number of banned pesticides in the EU and in in New Zealand. It doesn't mean that New Zealand's used all of those pesticides. Some of those pesticides may never have been imported into the country. But because they're not banned, I'm wondering about the risk of compliance. So we see this import restriction coming on perhaps around 2026. And where I see some of the biggest problems, you know, there's a lot of um, several neonicotinoid pesticides that are banned in the EU that are quite commonly used here in New Zealand, especially um, in horticulture. So how do we how do we move from these banned pesticides so that we don't get our products stopped at the border? Tiffany Tompkins says she hasn't seen much movement on the reduction of the use of neonicotinoids in New Zealand, which are heavily restricted in Europe. And that's the rural news for today. Koyara te porongo o te taifenua.